Hello, everybody. Welcome to this episode of How to Scale a Business. I'm on with Sam Pugliero, founder of Moonlighters. Hey, Sam, thank you so much for being in the show. Hey, June. Yeah, happy to be here. And thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. And uh, I'm, I'm, I'm curious about your, uh, your company, specializing in scaling women's fashion, a beauty and wellness brand. So can you tell us a little bit about uh, the, the background story that you have and how did you like start the business? Yeah, um, good question. So basically, uh, four or five years ago, uh, I was just slowly taking on clients. I used to work at uh, an agency called Vayner Media. Uh, this was Gary V's agency. Worked on the commerce team there for about a year, year and a half. And uh, along the way, just had some clients that were too small for Vayner Media um, and big enough that I could take them on on the side. Um, Gary always respects the hustle, so. He was happy to allow me to um, take clients on on the side. Then I moved over to a company called BarkBox, and I was there for three years. Um, while I was at Bark, I also acquired a few customers on the side. So it's basically over the last four to five years in a scenario where I was working full-time jobs and then consulting on businesses probably two to three hours a week or two to three hours a day all week long. Um and that really looked like train rides for the most part. And then when COVID came, uh, it was just an extra few hours in the morning and at night just to, you know, patch up all the needs for these businesses. Um, and then in February of this year, I decided to make the leap. So move away from BarkBox, go full-time into consultancies um, mm -hmm. and really just build out this agency. Um, and really what that how that started and why that became an obvious leap was just because, um, you know, with tough times in financial times, roughly speaking, um, changes occur, right? So mm. at a scenario where, uh, you know, a lot of businesses were experiencing layoffs um, or trying to just reduce their overhead in different ways. So, uh, what happened was people went from having three, four, five people on an in-house team or having a premier agency, like an agency they're paying $30,000, $40,000 a month. And they looked for more boutique agencies or individual consultants. And uh, what happened as a result was we had a lot of LinkedIn outreach um, and just friends of friends who were very fortunate to refer the work that we did. Um, we, we wound up spinning up our own full-time agency Um all with people who I have either worked directly with before or someone I truly know has worked directly with. So I uh, kind of created this small boutique shop that's slowly becoming not too small. Um, mm -hmm. And it's all focused on people who have actual direct-to-consumer experience, most specifically in the beauty, fashion, and wellness brands for women's brands. Okay, and a pretty great foundation back there. You said you said hustling, and no, not everyone does that. To be honest, like a lot of people, like afraid to do the the hard work. But you're diving <laughs> into that. It, it it sounds like it's your gym, and you've experienced being with like Gary V. Mm -hmm. I'm a big fan of him. Yeah. Um, just to, I'm just curious. Like, what's the what's the main thing that you've learned about this guy, like Gary V? So um, in groups, I got to work with Gary a few times. Individually, hardly got to work with him, right? Because mm -hmm. you're looking at a, a giant company of 600, 700 people. So um, this was one of my 
first gigs right out of college. Um, so it was much different then for me. Um, but over the few years of working there, Gary walks the walk for sure. I mean, the guy legitimately is what he says is the truth. Um, and if it wasn't at this point, there would be like, uh, you know, a Coffeezilla episode on how much of a scammer he is, right? He, he truly walks the walk and talks the talk. Um, and if there's anything that I took away from that experience, especially with him, is that when you're starting something or you are building something for the first time or trying to scale something with the current resources you have, it's critically important to understand that you just need to work double time. Um, I know a lot of us love like, you know, having a balance and everything like that. I love to have a balance mm. too, but really anyone who is building something very big or, or scaling quickly just needs to understand that they could either deploy their resources by paying more people, which will ultimately flatten the curve on how much you can um, spend on your own marketing to scale your business or on the flip side, you could work more and the individuals who are compensated accordingly could work more. Um, and then you'll have more money to then, you know, go, go around to put into the machine. Right. Cause that's ultimately what this, what this cycle is. And then of course you can just get to the point where, you know, things become more self run where you don't necessarily need to be all in all the time, 18 hours a day going crazy about it. Um, and you could, you know, sit back and then you get to mm. achieve that balance. Um, I think our society has a little uh, misunderstanding of how this works. And, you know, we, we look up to a lot of people who have achieved mass success mm. uh, and it seems so effortless to those people. But in reality, most, if not all of those people have sacrificed and worked an incredible amount of hours that's way beyond what you can imagine um, just to get to, to that ability to make it feel effortless. I totally agree with that one. And what we can see in the internet is like just like the shiny stuff that they're showing or like the, <laughs> the, the good yeah. side. So you cannot really like imagine how I like the, the work that they put in it for them to achieve it. And also you talk about like uh, you work with a people that you work with before, like currently. So you leverage those relationships that you have. So um, in, in talking about that, like a suffering now, what's like the, the, the value that your business created so far for this particular one, the, um, the Moonlighters? So what's yeah. your focus in helping your customers? Yeah, yeah. So uh, we are specifically performance marketing. So we're talking paid social, paid search, and really any other marketing channel that they're running that's digital. So just strict digital marketing. We don't touch creative though. And I think that's the unique thing here. A lot of these premier agencies, they're doing creative and they're doing landing pages and they're doing the paid side of things. And when you try to service too many things, you're stuck with, um, unfortunately, some you know, operators who only have skills in um, one or two of those fields or might be really good at paid social, but really not good at paid search, right? So when you start to have um, a jack of all trades, it's it's truly a master of none, right? So mm -hmm. it's really important for us that we focus on just the things we're really, really good at because it allows us to hire people who are really good at those things. 
And it also is the skills that I personally have been very good at over my career and that I could teach and leverage to other employees that we have. Amazing. That's what I've said earlier. There's like, you've structured like a great foundation for this business. And aside from that, um, I'm also curious, like, I know every business has struggles and challenges that they face. But with this particular business that you have, what's the state, what is like, like the greatest challenge that you experience, and how did you overcome that? Um, yeah, good question. I think one of the biggest challenges is being able to say no. Um, and I know that maybe sounds cliche, but once I personally realized that I can turn down business and not accept all business, I was able to see um, a lift in all our clients' performance, right? So that kind of goes into the same thing as like, hey, we only do digital marketing. We don't touch creative. Uh, previously, you know, when I was consulting, especially before we took this into a full-time thing, um, mm-hmm. we were sort of in a position where me and a couple of other people like this group of us, we would really just say, Hey, does anyone know how to do this? Someone would say, yes. Okay, let's do it. We'll figure it out, right? That completely changed. So now we just strictly do the services that we say we do. And we're also not afraid to say no to people outside of our category, right? So mm-hmm. we particularly worked with women's fashion, beauty, and wellness brands. Look, there's referrals. They come up similar categories. We're cool with that. But when you start to get way beyond our expertise, that's where the results decline. And honestly, it's better for us to refer that person to someone who's specifically like specialized in that category, as opposed to just trying to take it on and trying to do our best for the sake of making a couple, you know, extra thousand dollars on our bottom line. Mm. For that I agree with that. And actually, a lot of business are also doing that. Like they do this like scatter focus, um, trying yeah. to be agile, mm-hmm. just to, to adopt. But the thing is that they don't have like a strong structure and strong foundation to do that yet. So um, I, I like that a lot. And how do you stay up to date with the, the latest trends and, and development, especially with the AI right now? <laughs> yeah, um, <laughs> I'll get to AI in a second, but staying up to date on platforms, trends, what's going on. The only sort of social media and news that I consume is Twitter. It's just the fastest for me. It works the best for me. Um, In terms of like figuring out new ways for platforms and what's what's working for people. Hey, are shopping ads versus performance max or search ads? Should we include negatives here? You know, should we go back to an ABO setup instead of CBO for Facebook? Those kind of tactical things. um, It comes from two places. A our employees and our team, they have their own network and ways of learning. So that's super helpful for me personally. And then I'm also just part of some groups and I'm fortunate enough to just have friends in the industry and we geek out. Like I wish, <laughs> wish there was another way to say it, but like at the end of the day, I'm the biggest nerd you could be in this industry. And um, we just try to share whatever we can with, with whomever. Um, One of the great things about being niched down so far to the categories I mentioned is I can kind of tell anyone anything and it's not like they're going to steal a competitor or a client from me because it's very rare that um, 
anyone's working the exact categories in the exact market that I'm in. So we really are able to share learnings across not only clients, but agencies, which is really cool. Mm. I'll speak on AI for a moment. Mm. I think that's clearly on, like, it's in the back of everyone's head right now. Um, We're playing around with it, right? We're trying to figure out ways that we could integrate um, AI into our processes. Right now, um, there's definitely, from my understanding, nothing we can do to increase performance on any of our accounts. But seems like AI, along with a plethora of other tools, is helping us communicate more effectively with our clients. Because as much as people like to say, oh, results speak for themselves, they actually don't. Um, And we actually have to do a really good job of making sure that the results we're achieving, especially those big home runs, we really like sing from the rooftops and make sure that the clients know that this was a big win or on the flip side, how do we communicate a loss and how we're going to move forward from that loss? Um, And, you know, you know, GPT-4 and the integrations Mm -hmm. with sheets and slides and stuff like that and PDFs that we're able to create very quickly um, it helps a lot, right? When I could take 500 rows of a data set and say, hey, can you just summarize this into two paragraphs? And they could an- it could analyze a trend line for me. Even though I know that trend line, it can call out the exact percentage changes over increments of time, right? And that's something that would take me, you know, 30 to 45 minutes of work to do it per client. I could do that in 30 seconds now. And now the client has better information. I have better information and it's a win-win all around. Mm. I agree with that. As, as long as you use it as a tool, mm-hmm. right? A partnering with the, the skill and the learning that you already possess. And um, can you, uh, aside from that, can you speak like any metrics or, or KPI that you use to measure success for um, your customers? How about let's start with your business. Yeah, I mean, customers. from a business perspective, um, there's really one metric that I care about, and it's retention of clients, because that's a key indicator that we're a partner and we're not just plugging a hole. Um, mm. We want to work with a specific number of clients. I won't share exactly the number, but we want to work with a specific number of clients. And once we hit that number, we want to close our doors to new clients. The only situation where we'd have to bring in a new client is when someone leaves. You know, this is business. It's natural. People are going to come and go. Brands are going to come and go. Some brands are going to scale beyond our capabilities and some brands are going to shrink beyond our cap or beyond what we need to sustain them. Um, You never know what the market's going to bring. Right. So, I mean, if we could just look back three years ago and say, well, it seems predictable, but then... (laughs) the whole country gets shut down. So you never know. Um, When I think about a success metric for us, it's just retaining clients, right? Retaining who we have, because the longer we retain clients, the more ingrained into the business we are, the better results we can get for them. Mm -hmm. And then once the trust is established, we, we definitely know that we could be true partners instead of just acting as like, I have to just do ads and just get the best results and just hope that they see what I'm doing, right? It goes from a a frantic relationship to a very trustworthy, partnered style relationship. And that's exactly why we don't want to be a Vayner Media or a Media mm-hmm. or something like that. That's, that's not in the books. It's not in the plans. We don't want 200 clients. Uh, we want a small number of total clients that provide 
strong margins for us. And also we can service them as partners. I agree. And um, I'm starting to like understand the, the total structure, not the total, but um, somehow like a glimpse of the structure that you're creating for your business right now, which is pretty solid, which is pretty solid. Yep, and thanks. in general, can you provide like, um, like the core principle that you have in, in like, in building this business that you are aside from what you mentioned, like establishing like a good relationship, uh, mm -hmm. ingraining yourself to to the service or to the thing that you do, so that you can like very become good at it. What's like the core principle that you have? I think that is the core principle. Principle like partnering, being partners. But I'll give you something else because I know we don't want to just repeat the same thing. Um, I think a a second and important thing that we think about a lot is how can we show that an agency doesn't just need to hire 18 year olds or whatever age, 20, 21 year olds right out of college. How can we actually hire people, sustain our own margins, grow our business as true operators who have experience in the field, mm. right? So we don't hire anyone fresh that we're trying to learn from, right? We, or that needs to learn from us. We're trying to hire, and this is very strict, like only people mm. who have experience in the categories that we work in, and definitely a lot of experience in the channels, right? So we're looking at a mix of hard skills being the most important thing, because that's what's going to get people results, but also trying to find people who have soft skills to communicate those results to our clients so that like everyone knows what's going on, right? We want the, let, let's say we report into the VP of marketing. We speak with the VP of marketing once a week. They're in our Slack channel. We communicate all week long, just like we should because we're spending a ton of their money, right? So mm -hmm. this is like the engine of their business. Communication is very important for us. We don't want the VP to have to then create his own deck about how we're doing to share with the board, right? Mm -hmm. We want our deck our sheets are reporting to be so clear that he could either take it verbatim, copy and paste it from Slack, whatever it is, or even just take the recording from our meeting and it'd be so clear to everyone at every level what we're doing, right? Of course, there's some specific questions that's going to go on like process stuff and how we optimize and whatnot. Um, but generally mm -hmm. speaking, it's really important that everyone from, from bottom to top that we're working with sees the results, sees the positive correlation to the whole business, not just like skewing our marketing results. We want to see the mm. whole business revenue improve. And that will definitely like help a lot, like seeing things in the bigger picture because mm -hmm. uh, we easily like get like our attention, like easily mm -hmm. get catched with this shiny stuff around yeah. us. Like what you can see in the internet, like what other marketing agency does. And um, another thing, what's like the piece of advice? Because we have a lot of small to medium-sized business owners who are listening in software industry. So what's the piece of advice that you can give to somebody looking to like improve their business uh, in marketing? Like, or through using marketing, I'm sorry. Yeah. Um, so I think it definitely depends on business to business, right? My biggest piece of advice, no matter what size business you are is hire 
don't hire cheap. And I don't just mean internal employees. When you're paying an agency or you're paying a marketer, ultimately, there's no way that anyone is going to get a better result. Like we service women's beauty fashion brands, right? I would bet anyone that if they were the owner of that woman's brand, the, the, the fashion brand, let's say, that they, without their experience running Facebook ads, I bet them 100 out of 100 times that I'll get better results for their Facebook ads every time. If they hired a cheap consultant for $2,000 a month and that person didn't have experience in the beauty, fashion, or wellness brands, I, I guarantee again, 100 out of 100 times, we're going to beat that person's results. Unless they're the next... I don't even know Zuckerberg and they're going to make their own ad platform, <laughs> then like mm. we're, we're going to beat them. Right. But that's just not, that's not just a call out to what we do. That's a call out to anyone you pay. Right. I think people get caught up on how much you have to pay a certain agency or consultant when more important is what's the incremental value. What's the incremental result. So if you pay someone $10,000 a month versus $5,000 a month, is the person that you're paying $10,000 driving you at least five more thousand dollars compared to what the other person would have driven you? Mm. In most cases, what I found is that, yes, that person will, who has the skill set, who isn't taking your time away, who knows, who has done this, proven out with the same kind of business, they're going to win like 99% of the time. And that's how we do things internally, right? We'd rather hire more expensive than hire cheap and try to teach the person or try to learn from someone who doesn't really have the full picture yet. Um, and honestly, it, it, there's sticker shock, right? I think mm. every big purchase in your business, this is maybe like just straightforward advice, every big purchase in your business should sting a little bit. And the price of your own products should equally sting a little bit when a customer buys them. Because it shows that you want to almost get the person's blood pumping a little bit when you put the offer out there or when they go to sign that offer. And then once they do it, everything else is white glove from there. They should feel like I made the best decision. It's like going to Disney World. You're like, wow, I'm going to pay X crazy amount of dollars to go here. Like, this is ridiculous. It's just a theme park. Then you go there and you're like, there's not even a crumb on the floor in this place. Like it is beautiful. And that's what you're paying for. You're paying for the full experience. And hmm. Um, you walk away saying, I want to go back to Disney World and it was worth every dollar times five. That's that's just amazing. And by the way, the simplicity of the of the sincerity of the answer you provided, it, it's just amazing. In the simplicity, sometimes we are like a lot of like business owners are doing like fancy stuff, forgetting about the, the simplicity. Like just saying no to um things that you cannot like doesn't mm -hmm. like cover entirely by your a uh, service or just like focusing on a on a on a, on a thing or on a service that you that you provide and mastering it mm -hmm. so i we just really like the, the simplicity um in there and yeah, um, sure. if anybody wants to connect with you sam or wanted to uh reach out to you partner with you let's say what would be the best way to do that uh, yeah, there's a lot of ways to do that, but you could reach out on LinkedIn directly, connect with me if you want. Um, I might miss that message for a few days. The best way is to go on our site. It's the moonlighters.co. And then there's a bunch of buttons on there. You could schedule a call directly with me. Uh, it'll just be like a classic discovery call. We we'll just get to know your business a little bit better. 
Um, and if we could basically service, you know, what you're doing. Amazing. And for, for, for every listeners though, we have another pour of liquid gold that we have acquired today from Sam. It's pretty amazing. And it's really our pleasure having you in our show, Sam. Thank you, June. It's been a pleasure as well. Okay. Thank you so much. Thank you a lot. And everyone, see you in the next episode. Cheers.